Hello. There he is. Ewan! Hello. Jesus. <laughs> no, no, not Jesus. Oh. Ewan. Hi. I can, I, I can take Jesus too. <laughs> it's Jesus and Ewan. They are the same person. Of course. Please, please, please save us from Al doing the football results. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Brentford won. Oh, oh God. 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 It's, like, it's like the worst Billy printer in the world. <laughs> Like a fax machine. Yeah. It's got that old paper, you know, with the dots on it that pulls oh, on the side. Oh, yeah, yeah? Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> Welcome to the Conquistadors. Tight. Join the Conquistables as they cross the Brand Divide for SummerSlam 2002. Stepping into the ring tonight, the Olympic hero, Cameron Phillips. The American badass, Ewan Taylor. That damn Phil Doyle. And Geordie Allen Melbourne. Only tonight on the Conquistables. We'll go straight in it, though. Yeah, let's just do it because we haven't done one for a while. So let's just go. Let's just go now. We're in it. This is the show. We're in it. We're going to spend twenty minutes making Phil jealous anyway. Oh, we're talking about the yeah, because we um. Hello, Ewan. Hello. <coughs> hello, hello, oh, hello, Al. Hello. Hello, Cameron. Hello. We're all here for this one, which is a madness. It is. It is. <laughs> it's um, crazy. I feel a bit guilty about bugging people of when we were going to record this because I looked up the other night and I realised that the New Japan episode was recorded on October the 30th. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy bloody hell. I think it was that uh, long. It's, it's been been a tricky couple of months. <laughs> it has been, yeah. Well, you know, you had, the, you had Christmas and then New yeah. Year and then we're all back now. And um, I, I, I made a list of things that have happened of wrestling since our last show. Okay, go on. So, um, this is no particular order or anything, but I was going to go for it. Um, we got we had the uh, the CM Punk podcast. Yes, we had the NXT R Evolution show. Yep, which was fantastic. Which is brilliant. Yeah, we had Vince and Triple H both on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Uh, one was slightly better than the other. Yep. Um, Daniel Bryan returns. Thought yes, he, thought he was dead, but he came back. We had uh, Drew Galloway became the ICW champ, which we'll get to later. Um, TNA was kind of reborn a little bit. Uh, Still probably rubbish. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had uh, the WWE Network UK launch. Yay! Yay! We had uh, Royal uh, Royal Fumble two point <laughs> Fumble. Royal Fumble. <laughs> The Royal Fumble. Uh, I have a funny the story Royal. involving the Royal Rumble and the guys uh, that were at the same place we were. Uh, we were at a, a bar watching the Royal Rumble, and a gentleman before the pay per view fell asleep. This yes. gentleman had every single pen. Um, that was available put on him and in him <laughs> I just thought he was a complete stranger and Ewan just joined in with this game going on, <laughs> on the next table Ewan just wandered across and went yep it's like a game of buckaroo I'm having some of that <laughs> and then the security guy came over and ruined it oh. yeah he ruined it he shook off all the pens and then That's kicked the shame. guy out we also had the um, the amazing Survivor Series main event which was really good the rest of the show was pants. Uh, we had the launch of the uh, New Japan Press and ICW streaming services, both launched in the last year. Yep. 
And also, in the last couple of days, uh, Seth Rollins' nude pictures leaked onto the internet. Good size. I was impressed. Yes, he's definitely not doing steroids. <laughs> Wait, have you have you clicked on these? Yes. Yes. Have it was you... kind of like in the middle of the post and I couldn't avoid it, so... <laughs> so, am I... Am I, am I... Are we are we saying that fifty percent of the conquistadors have seen Seth Rollins junk? <laughs> yes, we are. I'm not sure how to handle that fact, actually, boys. I'm afraid. Um, okay, let's carry on. Well, we're not the only ones. <laughs> no, of course not. No, that would be really strange if he was, if if Seth Rollins was just sending pictures of his penis <laughs> to this podcast. He really likes the show. Here's a picture. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I really like that retrospective wrestling show. Here's a picture of my junk. <laughs> Um, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that as, as you know. But yeah, what, what if, you said, you, Seth. if that was a, if that was a token, if that's how Seth Rollins it, it, like shows his appreciation of things. Yeah, that's fine. Just you know, shows people his penis. Just the road. That's how I do it. Obviously, for, for legal reasons, we like to stress that Seth Rollins is in no way a flasher or a sexual <laughs> pervert. Oh, that's kind. But we can't confirm either way, really, can we? Well, no, we can't. I, I, from personal experience, I can't confirm or deny. I wish he was. Um, fair enough. Right, anyway. So that's that's all that's happened since our last show. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a brief summary of the last, what, three months of wrestling? Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Not yeah, bad. It's pretty good. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, yeah. And tomorrow night, as we record, is NXT Rivals, which will Yay! be the... Yay! Uh, oh, it does look good. Uh, even, yeah. I mean, even I'm even looking forward to the women's match. That could be current <laughs> potential, though. Oh, how crazy is that? I know that sounds really bad, but you know, when you when you get like women's matches on Raw, they're like you know three minutes long and nothing happens, and it's the Bella Twins. Yeah, but this, okay. but this has got the boss in it, hasn't it? It's got the boss in the hook. Oh, uh, got... I love Sasha Banks. I think she's amazing. <laughs> she's brilliant. They're all brilliant. Bailey's brilliant, and Becky Lynch's Charlotte Flair is well. She's basically Ric Flair's daughter. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. My favourite bit of the whole build-up it was when um, they did the contract signing between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, that was great! And, and he threw his pen at Sami yeah. Zayn's hat. He threw it. Like, I've listened to Sami Zayn on um, the, the Jericho podcast. And he loves that hat. That's his hat. He loves that hat. That kind of bunny effort. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Owens like maliciously threw a pen straight at it. I was like, oh my god, it's going to disrupt the weave. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ! Then have you seen the video package as well? Oh God, that that's was, a, that was bloody good. Yeah, that was bloody good. Yeah. The only thing, did you see the? Um, obviously, you did. But did you see the Hideo Itami versus Finn Balor oh, match? Oh, oh, yes. That finish though. That How finish well was, was that, that, that rebound off the back of the heat off the middle turn. Oh yeah. Ow. But yes, I, I, the only thing that kind of ruined that for me was I didn't realise how bloody dull Adrian Neville was going to be on commentary. <laughs> I think he came on to commentate, and like Alex Riley decided, I'm going to do conduct like an interview in the middle of the yeah. match. Well, I suppose they were tra- they were trying to hype up what this meant for him, and was he what, did he want a particular combatant? But all it came out of his mouth was, "Well, like I just want to be NXT champion and I face the best in the world." Went for two, uh... and then that was it. And then there was a three second silence until they tried to word it again. <laughs> Yeah, and you could so you tell that it, it, Adrian Neville just wanted to hit the showers. You could so tell. <laughs> but yeah, they had this great match, and like um, Alex Riley's going. So, how do you feel about contesting this match against people who are your friends in the wrestling ring? And oh, that. Oh, on the subject of that, Tyler Breeze is wonderful. That's the dumbest question I've ever been asked. That was oh, yes. great. Oh yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That the was... best one was I think the same guy went up to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens went, "Do you work here?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the. 
I saw that. He just sat down with his mobile phone. He's there kind of going, sorry, do you work here or something? (laughs) (laughs) NXT is just so head and shoulders about the main thing at the moment. It's not even funny. You're kind of looking at NXT now kind of going, okay, can we have this on the main roster, please? In which case, it'll be amazing. (laughs) The rumour was when Adrian Neville's going to get caught up, he's going to be wearing like a Mighty Mouse outfit. Ugh. Ugh. No, why? No, why? Why? Just keep him away from Vince. Just keep him here with the happy. Can we just farm Vince off to a field somewhere just so we can he can go and just <laughs> fantasize about Trish Stratus and then that'll be fine. And, you know. Sarah, he, What's he, this field, Paul? What are he, we doing here, pal? He, he go book TNA. It can't be worse than it is just now. No, just oh uh, yeah, I hear yeah. It was just um. It, oh no, I just didn't like it. <laughs> Speaking of TNA and trying to segue into Scottish wrestling for you two. Oh, okay. uh, did you see that video of Grado at the uh, the TNA show in Scotland? Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm it's I'm like... loving the fact they got so Calval to actually pronounce from the tap end of Stevenson. <laughs> right, that probably took. That's eight how days. she pronounced it. She didn't go from the top end of Steve. She went from the tap end of. <laughs> she put a proper lilt on it, and it was amazing. <laughs> that oh, probably took like good on days. your lass. So yeah, did anybody <laughs> seen any wrestling in Scotland at all? I'm just going <laughs> to say that and then walk away for five minutes from the microphone. Um, yeah, we, we we might have gone to the Square Go in Glasgow. Um, yes. It was absolutely incredibly amazing. Um, so did Al. Uh, he's been awfully quiet at the moment, but he did. He was definitely he's there. doing his pulls the football, isn't he? That's what it is. Pretty much, yeah. He's 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 doing his football scores. Yeah. Um, no, we went to the. <laughs> Thanks, Al. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um. We went to the ABC in Glasgow on the 25th of January and we watched basically uh, ICW's version of the Royal Rumble, uh, which turned out to be better than the Royal Rumble. Um, mainly because five people also get weapons and we were nearly crushed by Drew Galloway. And, um, and Chris Renfrew. <laughs> and, and Chris Renfrew as well, yeah. yeah, yeah. They threw each other over a balcony and nearly landed on top of us. That's a fantastic picture of our friend Lisa looking terrified. <laughs> she looks absolutely ruddy terrified. But you know, she she's obviously concerned for Drew Galloway's health. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he's about to launch his ample frame um across the uh yeah, across the, the room. At, yeah, Drew uh, Galloway's a large man. He's a large man. This podcast has probably never seen Drew Galloway's junk. Um oh. I can I can we, neither confirm or deny anything. <laughs> we but we can't compare. Um so there you go. Yeah, so we also did get to witness one of the craziest cage matches I think I've ever seen. Yeah, when you've got a BT gun um with a dog collar around his neck hanging by a chain off the top of the cage, effectively hanging himself, it does get a little bit ooh Jesus, we've just left Kansas. <laughs> Maybe let's just yeah. bring a little bit of cafe back into it, boys. Yeah, just a, just a touch. Okay, yeah, just a little smidge. Cafe's dead anyway. Cafe's dead, so you can bring as much as you want. And much, oh, to, much to Al's amusement, it was a nice old style cage. Oh yeah, like the old uh, blue one, the old WWE yeah, blue one. Only oh, this nice. was like like yeah. black, and it was sturdy. It was, well, it had to support. Um, was it Wolfgang was able to do a senton bomb off the top of it? So yeah. Wow. That was it. And it did have a disco ball of doom at the top, which wasn't actually part of the ring, no. but was part of the, the venue had this massive disco ball, which they, they, they blatantly had to avoid when they went to the top of one corner of the cage. <laughs> the disco ball of doom. Is that it how was, they yeah. referred to it? Yeah. So that's how <laughs> that is amazing. And um, there's actually a picture of it on my Facebook. Um, also, there was a fantastic bit where halfway through the show, uh, Mark Dallas, the owner of Ice Derby, comes out and basically goes, we don't take two hours to put a fucking cage up. We lower the fucking cage down. 
Yeah, that was it. It's like, going, I've seen people go to WWE shows and they take 20 minutes with the cage up. We've hung it from the fucking ceiling. That was got one of the biggest cheers of the night, oddly. <laughs> <laughs> well, between that and um, all I'm going to say is, hello. Yeah. <laughs> the only camera get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good work, boys. Uh, it was amazing. Yes. Yeah, before, before the show, the, the MCs of the evening, um, Billy Kirkwood and uh, his associate were trying to do an intro for the on-demand service. So what he decided to do, first of all, was kind of lower himself down the bottom of the camera and pop up. Like, like hello. <laughs> <laughs> Which was strange. And then, of course, when they started the introduction, this was everyone's cue to do everything every single offensive gesture towards the camera you could think of. Oh, yeah, it was yeah because we're, we're, we're sort of tame fans like that, aren't we? So, <laughs> yes, we of are. Course, we, we, we were going we to stick two fingers up in the air when his back was turned at all. <laughs> of course not. Uh, and, of course, we, as Cameron mentioned, the square goal match itself, which um, was interesting. It was very, uh, When you've got Grado battering Shah Samuels with a frozen haggis, because yeah. <laughs> it's Burns night, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just this is after Shah Samuel's going completely crazy with a belt, with a belt, yeah, and basically standing in the middle of a room in this Glasgow city centre, saying "Avit, you jock wankers!" Wow, well, whipping the shit out of everyone in the ring. Yeah, pretty much. It was. And it was this was this was after we had the wonderful meeting of DCT meeting Viper. Yep. Yep, David Campbell, Campbell uh, yeah, with, with the international sex hero. Uh, he, drew, he drew number one, and number two was Viper, who is a lady. And it was large hilarious. Lady. It was a large lady. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was really good. Go and see ICW, folks. That's all I can yeah. say. Just wherever they are. They, they, they go around Britain now. They go around like English cities as well. Just go, yeah. go and see ICW, because it is utterly fantastic. And not just because the... The ring announcer gets a chant by his own. Yeah, the ring announcer gets a chant. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and it's um, it's it's brilliant, absolutely yeah. amazing. Go work us up some sponsorship. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. And uh, I think Cameron also mentioned that he may be coming back for Fear and Loathing, possibly. Yeah, I want to come back for Fear and Loathing, man. I want to come back before that. I want to do one in the summer as well, if possible. If there's one in Glasgow sure. in the summer. Yeah, there's, there's plenty on. I read today that Sabu is getting a title shot in London, apparently. Genius. <laughs> Sabu versus what? Drew. Why not? Possibly. <laughs> why not? Nice. Yes, why not? Nice. <laughs> anyway. So, I, so, uh, 2002 then, yeah? Yeah, so yeah. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> This pay per view was uh, w- was my choice, wasn't it? It was, I believe. And thanks to the WWE Network, hey, hey only <laughs> only nine ninety nine a month. Um, we uh, we we can basically unlock the treasure chest and pick whatever the hell we want now. I originally went for SummerSlam two thousand two because I have it on DVD. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, I watched it on the network anyway, so it didn't bloody matter. Really, yep. I didn't really care. Um, should we get going? I guess yes. we should. Let's get going now. Th- this. I think probably has some kind of award for 
most unlikely opening match of a pay per view. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because, well, because, like, first when it started up, there'd be this, 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 to put it into context, this is just after the brand split. Yeah. This is just after the. They've changed their names because they're still wearing the. Um, is it the Get the F Out t shirts? Yes, they yes, are. Yes. So it's literally just after the brand split. So I was, I was, I was like, oh, my, we're here, are we? So we're in the, we're in the, like, the proper post attitude era now, aren't we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Kurt Angle comes out in the first match. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And then you missed, you missed out. the excitement of um, Spike Dudley versus Stephen Richards. <sighs> the dark match. <laughs> We're doing the full card. It's the full card. If it's oh, not, thank on, you, if it's not on the network, Al. We're not doing. <laughs> it's not. It's not a little skippy thing in the bottom of the network. It doesn't count. <clears throat> we're, we're going as it was presented on the network <laughs> as Jesus and Tom. No, we, we should we should be presented it historically accurate. <laughs> Shut up. Al. All right. All right. Then you you do the historically accurate bit then because you're the only one that's seen it. Um, Spike Dudley beats Stephen Richards. <laughs> awesome. So Kurt Angle. Thank comes you. Out. Right. Anyway, so Kurt Angle's curtain twitching. Yeah. Um, but before we the match starts, is fair to point out that Michael Cole and Taz corners because it's a SmackDown match. Yeah, oh, no. a SmackDown ref. I forgot how much this was dumb. It did kind of flick back and forth between um, two commentary teams. I could see the sort of logic and sense in it that the big shows were supposed to be both brands mm. and the B shows in between were supposed to be like alternate between the two. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, you could talk all night about why the brand split ended up screwing up, basically because they didn't really pay any attention to it towards the, after a little while. Yeah. You know, people yeah. could just, you know, you got people who just frequent either and just kind of crisscross. Yeah, and it didn't quite work having two championship belts either. I didn't think mm, it just it, mm. it, it fell. Oh. Rather than the original plan was obviously to give like lower card wrestlers a bit more time. Yeah, well, because they had the big roster, didn't they? Because they obviously had all the WCW guys in. Yeah, the yeah. WCW guys who wanted to be with them, so they had to kind of do something with all those guys. So yeah. having two two brands does kind of make sense. I remember the big thing was SmackDown was we saw the cruiserweights. That was their thing. That was their yeah. drawing yeah. point. <clears throat> Because there was that period of time when... Was this not the period of time when Paul Heyman started booking SmackDown? Or was that going to be a little bit later? I think it was either year or not too long after. It's not too long like, after. Because that one, Smack, yeah, like the, SmackDown was amazing at that point. When you had like Taker, Angle, Lesnar um, <laughs> in that roster, it was amazing. Yeah, then you had like the SmackDown 6, didn't you? Like um, Guerrero. Benoit and all those guys. Guerrero. Yeah, Benoit, and, yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, but you're not also noticing this first match, by the way, this is when Rey Mysterio was actually a fresh idea. Because <laughs> he'd, he'd, only, he'd only been in WWE about, what, yeah, a few months? No, he debuted in 2002. Was he not yeah, part this of the was, this, was, this was his first match. No, no. This was his first match, was it, Ned? Yeah, it was. Might have been, hold on. I'll first just match of pay-per-view. But, I, t- I tell you what I noticed about Rey Mysterio this match. He, he's still hitting the top rope, not the middle rope. Wait. This is running. He's like... <laughs> Hitting the ropes properly, rather than like, doing that weird thing on the middle rope. Well, it's it's not broken yet. <laughs> that's true. Ray Mysterio is now fully broken with like fake teeth. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. that's what, uh, that's what I mean. It's it's a Ray Mysterio when all this kind of like idea, you know, these high flying moves seemed quite fresh. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, later on in Ray's career, 
they were kind of revealed to be the kind of setups that they'll that they'll are. I still yeah, think the six the six one nine has the most stupid setup in any move. <laughs> what do you mean? Because yeah. wrestlers all the time land on the middle rope. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 yeah, they do the it in every single non Rey Mysterio match, don't they? They yeah, just exactly. land with land with their arms across the middle rope, don't they? They always do in that every yeah, single match. Yeah, yeah, yeah like we've been watching, they be like hell. Yeah, um, I think the main thing to take out of this match is like just just how good was Kurt Angle? He was great. Oh, it was amazing. Those, every one of his suplexes just look amazing. He does all those kind of belly to back ones, and it's just like oh yeah, it's just just, just good. But then like Michael Cole calls a high slam a backbreaker. And I'm like, oh god, it's Michael Cole. Michael Cole. And now he's the lead announcer on Raw. Yeah, yeah, we'll just pretty uh, much, pretty much. But no, it's it's a good back and forth match. It's mm. it's really Angle does a lot with the sort of technical wrestling. Mysterio yeah. quite like gels quite well with him with the high flying stuff. Um, the ending's really good because it's 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 a top rope Hadakarana, which is reversed into an ankle lock for the win. Yep. Um, it's just really good. I really enjoy it as, a, as an opener. You you wouldn't expect those two guys to be in the opener anyway, but it, no. it kicks off the whole show in a really nice, cool way. Right, Angle sells well, one thing. He's, you know, if he gets credit for it or not, but he really does sell like all the mysterious moves. Oh yeah, like he really does kind of put him over as like being a really good guy, which I think was one of that Angle's real proper skills was like how well he made the other person look in all of his matches. Yeah, he was smart as well because it gets the crowd, it gets the crowd going. It's a good surprising first match but it gets the crowd hot for what's coming next yeah which is um, a Steph Bishop um, promo <laughs> well Bishop even that... yeah. oh yeah sorry <laughs> Bishop Bishop's well, the guy from Alien broke. I think because he's so slimy I kind of thought he was like a you know uh, that was uh, I see I see what you what the hell are you doing in my office uh, Stephanie McMahon a pleasure to be sure Whose pleasure, Eric? It's certainly not mine. Oh, it's always mine. Besides, uh, Stephanie, that was the only door, and this is the only office for a general manager here tonight. Besides, we're on neutral ground. This is a pay-per-view. What do you say we just uh, share the office? It's just, it's just a bit greasy, isn't he? A little. Well, he's always had that about him, do you not think? Yeah. Bischoff's always yeah. had that kind of thing about him. I mean, I was watching a Legends of Wrestling Roundtable on the WWE Network, only £9.99 <laughs> a month. Sponsorship. Um, a little while ago and it was really good it's the one about the Monday Night Wars I need to watch mm. these I've not watched them um, yet oh they're brilliant they're good they are they're really um, good and basically it's it's Lawler um, JR Michael Hayes Mick Foley and Bischoff round a table and they're talking about it basically ends up being a grilling of Bischoff and WCW basically which is always going to turn into and he comes across as vaguely quite sort of sensible and sort of says you because know, Foley has that whole thing about the Tony Schiavone, or oh, that'll put bombs on seats thing, mm. for the January 1999 Raw, where they gave away the result, basically, and that still seems to rankle him even now. Really does, doesn't it? Uh, we talked about that before, but it's really kind of got to his core, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just like, one of the, it's, apparently it's like the whole thing going about, um, it's like, oh, it wasn't the fact that you gave away the result, it was more the fact that it was it, for working for WCW, it was kind of a desecration of my career and a pinnacle of mm. my career. And Bischoff just shrugged his shoulders and went, yeah, but I was trying to run you down. I, w- I would have said it with anyone. And he said, for example, if it had been Shawn Michaels coming back and winning your world title, I'd have gone, there's that long-haired freak with the crap super kick." <laughs> <laughs> He's like going, so don't worry, Mick, it would have been anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, he came across quite well on, we did this, this Stone Cold podcast. He was on there for a couple of shows. And he came across quite well on that. He was just like, you know, he was in competition. And he was yeah, to- and it's just like the whole thing. 
Michael Hayes is a proper go at enduring it for saying, oh, did you know that when you were in charge of WCW and you were against us, you were putting families out of jobs? Oh, it's God, like, Michael Hayes. what? It's like, and then you look, you know, Bischoff just kind of looks and went, I wanted WCW to be the number one wrestling organization in the world, and I would take anything to do that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, as if Bischoff's going to go to work in Atlanta and say, oh, you know what? I we do- can't. Oh, we can't possibly crush WWF because, oh, we might put little families and people out of jobs and they won't be able to afford food. And yeah. Vince, Vince will have to go begging on the streets. And as if that's going to cross your mind. No, no not at all. <laughs> it's like you did what you had to do and that's it. You know, I, did, I just got really kind of like, yeah, go on, Bish, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> for, for all his kind of like, you know, sleazy thing, he came across quite well in like all the interviews that he does after. Yeah. I've put a note on here saying that TV is bloody huge. In a CRT kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> they were, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, I was like, and I go, is this really 2002? <laughs> That's what they were like back then. It's like, when the hell did they get flat screens? <laughs> but then, like, you see, um, I think uh, Jim Ross and look, the, the King come on stage because they're, they're, they're commentating next. But it's quite good to see the King wearing, like, a proper King jacket rather than those stupid T-shirts he wears now. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. He does say, welcome to the raw portion of SmackDown. Sorry, SummerSlam. Without a doubt, uh, the rivalry is going to erupt tonight. And, uh, well, we want to welcome everybody to the raw portion of SmackDown. Or not SmackDown, of SummerSlam tonight, don't we? This is SummerSlam. Yeah, right. He fucks that one up, but there you go. (laughs) Welcome to the Silverdome, Superdome. Where am I, help? Yeah, where am I, help? What? (laughs) What? Huh? Then we get to the the next match of the card, which is Chris Jericho versus Ric Flair. Yeah, this is... I I love the promo video before this. I thought that was really good. I've written down about that. Um, awesome Jericho beard. Yes. Nothing in wrestling looks quite as good as a bastard open Ric Flair. Yes. Not thing, really he, he's going mad in the ring, isn't he? I think he's with Chris Jericho and he's just coming in blood and he looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Does it, was it not jarring for anyone else watching this though and seeing blood? Because you kind of forget that this wasn't PG. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's we? weird, but you, you forget that PG only really started in what, about 2007, 2008? It was. I think it was after the Eddie Guerrero incident, where at Judgment Day, I think. Um, no, they carried on for ages after that. Yeah, so I remember, I remember like, um, Edge on one of the wrestling podcasts said like they did it like the week before he was going to have a Hell in the Cell match with the Undertaker. <laughs> Literally like days before, they'd write no blood. They were like, um, "Oops, so what's that match?" Doing a Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, uh, and they had to kind they're of bit, like they're a bit bleedy normally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think, that's one of the things that got me. I was like, kind of going, oh, yeah, my, yeah, it, it wasn't PG in 2002. And it seems like, you know, obviously it was like 13 years ago coming. Mm. But it seems like a, it, it makes it look like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah. The whole thing. Did but, anybody see um, when Flair came out, somebody had a sign that said, Flair is old? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Yeah. <laughs> I've written that down. It's, it's a bit a, cruel. Flair is old. <laughs> Just on the yeah. sign. Like, wow. I got, this, I match got, wasn't, this match wasn't that great. I didn't mind it to be honest, because like it's it's flair, like he's not at the top of his form, but he's still got some, you know, he's literally got some chops on him. On the elbow, oh, flair on the heart, not that shot. One of the signature maneuvers of nature boy Ric Flair. It just seemed off a wee bit. Jericho didn't seem to be clicking quite right. It just seemed a bit kind of. Ugh. Well, they did do the um like the flair flip in the corner. He did botch it, didn't he? Yes, he right. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've written that down somewhere as well. That he actually messes up his own spot. Yeah. Ta da. Yeah, I'll put the Flair's fuck up of his own corner shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was nice of Chris Jericho to take the Flair bump off the top rope, though, rather than Flair doing it. Yeah. Because you always know when Flair goes that top rope, yes. person's coming down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. 
So we thinking good or <laughs> meh. It's 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 okay. It's basically Flair. It, it's not as bad as Flair was. I mean, I've actually written down here that Flair actually looks okay in comparison to what he looked like. You know, when he wrestled in TNA, for example, he looked awful. Yeah. Um, he looks, you know, as, he's an older guy, but he doesn't. You don't look at Flair in that match and kind of go, "Oh Jesus," kind of thing, do you? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's okay. It's just basically Flair starting to do that thing of just running through his spots. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of like was it the the World War Three match where he was up against? Was it Luger? No, Sting, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. It just felt like he was just hitting hitting the points he knows the crowd's going to like and just yeah. kind of not doing much in between. But you can tell, you can kind of tell Jericho's having a good time because he's in the ring with Ric Flair, though. Oh, why would he not? It's, it's a good beard. <laughs> great. I can't emphasize that enough. It's a great beard he's got there. <laughs> Is that the little kind of tufty thing he had? Yeah, it was yeah. good. Rock, rock and roll heel beard. That's what it was. Ah, yeah. So we go know about wrestling beards. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast it's a whole other podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah it yeah. is a whole other podcast yeah so decent match it's, I the, it's, the finish was good it's Fine. decent but it's 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 not great really mm. yeah is it's the not finish too bad not lame well there's a thing with the ropes isn't there well didn't didn't flair tap out but he was on the ropes it doesn't count it's something like that isn't it it's, it's a bit stupid but they kind of swap finishes don't they doesn't um yeah Flair bodges the um, water Jericho because he goes for it, but then he lets a leg slip, so he ends up with a half crab instead. Yeah, he's not nutshot them and then do the figure four for the finish. <laughs> I, I have put Jericho taps after a low blow. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember the end. It's been a few weeks since I watched this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a month. <laughs> Might be about a month. Yeah, but a decent match. Um, it's decent. It's not as good as the opener, but it's quite decent. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to hear a strange fact about that match? Ooh, go, go on. Then. Go on then. I don't know why, but if you get on the SummerSlam anthology, they edit Flair's music, so he's got his, you know, his 92 music. Uh-huh. Instead of his Space Odyssey music. They copyright. By the WrestleMania anthology at WrestleMania 8, you get Flair's Space Odyssey music instead of his 92 music. Work that one out. <laughs> what was I watching? Oh, what might have been WrestleMania 17, and the Dudley Boys come out to different music. Hmm. So I don't know if there's something there because the Dudleys kind of owned their own thing, didn't they? So there's I'm all weird things sure in there with like that. rights and stuff. <clears throat> they can, you know, they can go back and fiddle with things to put whatever they want over it, really, can't they? But yeah, very much. Almost as weird as seeing the uh, the the Brock promo that comes next and realizing that he was always that good. Yes. <laughs> Tonight, it's the same thing with the Rock's title reign. Okay, you gotta take this guy out. You gotta murder his title reign. 
Why? Because he's different. He's the Brahma Bull. He's the people's champ. He's the rock. You're already inside his head. You're inside his head. Half the battle is won. Make no mistake about it, this guy's driven. This guy's gonna come at you with everything he's got. He feels like he is almost the challenger. Like he's the underdog. Take advantage of it. Hit him, hit him hard, take him out early, and we leave tonight the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. You are the next big thing. And tonight, the next big thing will arrive. Yes. I have put down there, it's like Brock with Heyman 10 years early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, put, I just put, thank God Heyman was there to speak for him. He was never, he's never that good, was he? No, he's never, no, 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 no. He was never good at that. No, 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 no. Um, you put him with Paul Heyman. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't put him with Jim Cornette, because that's going to lead to... Really terrible things. Yeah, and a really, really bitter man. Jim yeah. Cornette. Have you heard the story about uh, Jim Cornette wanting to shoot Brock Lesnar? <laughs> yes. Or actually shoot him. Yes, yeah, actually, actually physically take a shotgun and shoot him. Oh, Jim Did Cornette you... is a very bitter man. <laughs> well, well, it revolves around lady parts. It revolves um, around the vagina, my lord. Yes, it was about it was the vagina. Um, because and, and Jim Cornette's uh, girlfriend or wife at the time, Stacey, had um, a rather intimate piercing freshly done. Well, um, in a yes, in a match against, um, uh, it, she was somehow involved in an angle where Brock had to like press her over his head and then throw her up the, the arena floor. Yeah, this right? is OVW or something. Uh, this would be Smoky Mountain, I think. Yeah. Or oh, yeah, no, it would have been OVW, of course. It was <laughs> a developmental thing. Um, so they booked this whole angle and then basically went right. Stacy's had this piercing done, Brock. So if you could just not put your hand around that area because it's a bit tender at the moment just you know lower it a bit and put it you know lift her from the knees or something yeah it'll be all right brock apparently totally ignored this and basically punched her in it <laughs> Ta-da. um stacy went to the back and went yeah brock just punched me in it and jim Cornette flew off the handle and apparently he had a shotgun in the building and he wanted to shoot lesnar oh it's- god he- and you wonder why he got sacked yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wonder why. But there you go. Have you, have you heard him on the um, the Roddy Piper podcast? I didn't hear him on the Roddy Piper one. No, he's like he's fine. He's got like he's fine telling all stories, and then they mention Vince, Vince Russo, and like just like this oh, Pompeii of bitterness man. just gets like flooded into your ears from his mouth. Sorry, I'm just loving the phrase Pompeii of bitterness. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> like he won't even say his name at one point because he's so bitter and angry about it still. Uh, yeah, I do like the way that when um, IPW over here announced they got Vince Russo in to book a few shows, uh, Jim Cornette tweeted the link with, hey, he's going to fuck up wrestling in another country. <laughs> <laughs> he really genuinely hates him, but anyway. Yeah, um, anyway, back on. Back on the anyway, point. Back on to people he might hate, I don't know, but uh, Guerrero versus Edge. Hate Guerrero or Edge. No, you can't. It's impossible. Yeah. But Although you can you hate can't... Edge's music. Edge's yeah, music I was just terrible. about to say, you can hate Edge's music because this is the worst one of the lot. <laughs> And from Toronto, Ontario, weighing in at 241 pounds, Listen to the Edgeheads applauding the future of SmackDown. And as Edge likes to say, the future is now. Because it's not, it's not his Edge of Christie music, is it? It's just, it's just bad. 
Is it the Rob Zombie? Zombie? No? Yeah, it's obviously it's the Rob Zombie one. It's hey, I'm on the rebel, number ninety-five. God awful. It's just terrible. It's nowhere near the the, the best music he had when he <laughs> later on. killed Phil. Oh, God, that 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 was a that was a good impression. That was yeah, it is. It's good. See, actually, good. actually, it, it, I am Rob Zombie. <laughs> Sorry to admit <laughs> that. You know, I've, oh, you know. I've also written down that people like shouting "son of a bitch" quite a bit in this match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they do actually. Yeah. Because like Guerrero was a good heel, wasn't he? Yeah, he could be oh, but Guerrero was one of those guys that was such a good heel, you respected him for being such a good heel, <laughs> so he kind of by default became a face. Yes, because, because he's just so good, you can't help but yeah, love him. This was a guy who was a face selling t-shirts saying lie, cheat and steal. <laughs> good point. You know, so it's... That's not far from hustle loyalty and respect, is it? Come on. No, he kind of transcended that kind of, um, you know... You know, heel faction thing, and well, he just kinda, like you know, it was brilliant. Like Stone Cold did, wasn't it? Because Stone Cold <laughs> was a heel, but the crowd forced him into being a face because they loved they loved him too much. Oh, he doesn't like kicking the boss's ass. Well, exactly. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, I put down here. Um, Edge's shoulder is actually bleeding. <laughs> I put down um, Eddie Guerrero clearly hates Edge's shoulder. Yes, because <laughs> he <laughs> just keeps on going for that shoulder. Yeah, it's like, that shoulder is going to be mine. I'm going to keep it forever. Thank you very much. <laughs> take it home and then... put it with uh, uh, the Great Mooters random piece of uh, lighting rig. <laughs> but the finish is Edge spearing him with that shoulder. Is, is that not like a kind of like last bit of energy out of this injured shoulder? Well, no, yeah. he, he doesn't sell it whatsoever when he wins. <laughs> No, no, he doesn't actually. No, you're right. Actually, and and to make matters worse, um, Michael Cole again for it is he says Edgy's shoulder is literally hanging from a thread. That's figuratively hanging from a thread. You stupid. He, he also points out that um, Edge performs the the execution that no one else was kicked out of, and I was like, the Edge of what? Yeah. Yeah, what it was officially was called the execution. Like, I didn't remember him doing that before he before he like really relied on the speed. He did that kind of like power bomb thing. It was yeah, it rubbish. was an execution, <laughs> an execution. But they, these two are good. Obviously, that you know, I think Edge is just on the path of being like a proper singles guy, and he's not. He's he's an okay. He, he's okay face, but he's better as a heel as well, isn't he? Yeah, but he would never have become a heel had he not buffed Lita. Correct. <laughs> that is true. That would never have occurred to anyone. You would not have looked at Edge and went, yeah, we'll turn him heel. Or at, least he, he, or at least if you did, he wouldn't have had anywhere near the kind of sleaze factor he had in like yeah, I think that helps. Like the R-rated superstar and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And that was him. <clears throat> he took that and ran. Let's yeah. face it. I feel a bit sorry for Matt Hardy and the fact that obviously he was the guy that got literally screwed over in that kind of arrangement. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Figuratively. You can use that right, Michael Cole. Do you hear that? That's the great <laughs> usage of that yeah, word. That's the great use of that word. And then he, he, you know, he lost out. He was the guy that got done in and he lost out completely in mm. both career and girlfriend sense. Yes. So, well, do, we, do we feel sorry for the Hardys? No. Uh, no, not really, because they're kind of. I, I think that Jeff's a bit of a bloody bump machine and they're both like fucking drug users anyway. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> not really. How about that? Pretty much. I'm not so, that keen on him, probably. 
But this match, we like this match. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's, it's all right. It's got it's got fairly sound um, technical uh, wrestling. It's got sound psychology to it. Guerrero going after the shoulder. Hmm. The ending's quite good, and uh, it includes a stupid bit of commentary by Michael Cole. What's not to love? <laughs> what more do you want? What more do you want? Do you want? Well, we, we get something about contract disputes next. We are not considered a pastime. Contract disputes don't determine the outcome of our season. Negotiations are handled a little differently in this arena. When two sides have a problem, it's taken care of. Face to face. World Wrestling Entertainment. Our season never ends. Was was the NBA not or the NFL? I was gonna say, they're having a dig at somebody. I can't remember who it was. Whether it's ice hockey, the, the NHL, was the NHL. Was oh, it, was it that one? Was it? Uh, they were on shutdown because they couldn't agree the professional contracts. Because obviously in America, you agree your contract with the league, not with the club. And uh, I also like the way it says um, our season never ends, which I'm thinking is probably part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our yeah. season never ends. Yeah. Take That's a, why so many people are dead. <laughs> take a fucking break from time to time, guys. You know, let your talent have a rest. <sighs> take no, a break. Can't do take that. a bow flex. No. Um, nope. I'm yeah, so it's um, the Un Americans versus Book Dust. Book dust. Book dust. Oh, I love it. I see what you did there. Was that, that, was, that was never the official name for the time. I'm sure it was. It should have been. No, it should have been. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure I heard it on the uh, uh, the countdown show. Absolutely. It's always weird seeing Goldust when he's paired with like a real person. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's why they kind of had to do what they did with Cody Rhodes because you're like you just can't have book Goldust with like an actual like a regular no, human. It's just weird. It's like here's it a regular guy in Goldust. Yeah. <laughs> And just like, just stop doing that with your rubbing and the the stuff. You're a weirdo. Uh, I've yeah. put on my notebook here. We are less than a year after the nine eleven attacks, and the un-Americans are a little near the bone of heel heat, aren't they? A <laughs> little bit. That's an upside down American I mean, flag. <laughs> this is this is what really gets me right. It really bugs me when they they'll sit round at one point and say, "Well, here we are on uh, SummerSlam." Broadcasting live to 98 countries around the world, we truly are a global phenomenon. And then you get this. The only problem is, we have to do it here in Long Island. What do you mean by that? What we mean by that is we've performed in cities all over this country. And this Long Island crowd typifies American audiences. They're lazy, unappreciative, unresponsive, and spoiled. It's not as if they're from far away. You know, they're from in Canada, you know, it's it's like miles away, is it? No, not really. Are they are they kind of like working off the um the the Bret Hart heel group? That that, <laughs> that was like Canadians versus America, wasn't it? It's always like, but that America. that kind of worked a lot better because it was a family thing. Hmm. Yeah, and it was just... it, it was like the the heart wrestling dynasty of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You could see them all together and all this. They had a connection that way. Yeah. But then you get like this is just obviously looking around the locker room going, Yeah, Lance is Canadian, so's Tess, so's Christian. Yeah. Yep, in we go. <laughs> it's the whole idea of they're just they're just feeling they're getting a hard deal because they're not, you know, good old fashioned American boys. Exactly, exactly. Um I like their entrance, by the way, when they just get announced as from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, is, that is basically one step away from saying from not America. Yeah, also from North America, I lo- also we- I love the think. 
I, I miss this thing. There's a thing later on I could do without. Yes. I was just thinking that when you said that, I was like, is this the bit? No. No. Can, no, can later on. The thing? no trust no. me, it's much later no. on. Also, we had um, Neil, Neil Patrick as the ref. Yeah, uh, WCW referee. Yep. No hair, no mustache. What's the point? I know. Oh, exactly. Exactly. There you go. What's the um, point? It takes about three minutes for the USA chance to start. Yeah, obviously, shocker. Obviously, no, so. no um, Haxel though, which is confusing. What also Yay. confused me was the fact that they do a, a, an interview before they head out to defend the titles with Christian Test and Lance Storm, mm-hmm. and then about thirty seconds later, they enter the arena. Test can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, but te- Test is um, well. I'd spoil the match if I said. Well, yeah, but, but that, I wrote that down. Then, I, then it's obviously it comes to the end, and but. Yeah. Um, isn't there one point where like Jim Ross goes that damn test? Yeah, that damn <laughs> test. Yeah, like, really? That damn test. That damn test. The young man who's he had a promising career and he's gone off on a, on the wrong tangent. That damn test. So yeah, it's 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 really really good actually. It's it's you know, for a tag team it. title match. I quite like yeah. Booker T and Goldust together. Yeah, but they, they, yeah. they work up the hot tag well, don't they? They kind of build to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course do. like, you know, Christian knows how to work a tag team match, doesn't he? Of all his, oh, of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, he can really kind of carry the him and Lance Storm is just like a good, a good combination anyway. So they really know how to work the match. So yeah, regardless of the booking around it, once they get into the ring, they're a good combination of people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm a bit sad that WWE didn't make any more to Lance Storm. To be honest with you, yeah, because he he's quite good on his day. <laughs> yeah, is, is he's like a little bit bland and a little bit too Canadian. Uh, I think that might have been it because he, he did get that whole thing in WCW about Mr. Boring, didn't he? And all yeah. Stuff. And that kind of killed off any kind of aura he maybe had. Yeah. That and that <laughs> damn test. That damn test! I also wrote down that pyro seems awfully close to the announce desk. Because <laughs> Ross and um, Lawler, they're like on the top of the ramp, aren't they? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like in their raw position. Yeah, and Cole, uh, Cole and Taz, are they down uh, by the ring? Uh, ringside, they're yeah, ringside. they're ringside. Does that that's... make sense? And it's when Booker yeah. power goes off, you see the flames coming up and JR's trying to talk to the king, and I'm like, the king's going to catch fire with all that nylon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. I've also written down there was a good ref bump, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, he takes the kick. Doesn't he take a spinning kick? I think so. It must be something like that. Yeah, he takes, he yeah, takes he him quite brutally, which was, you know, yeah, which fair play to the ref for taking that. Um, but Test boots Booker when he interrupts the match as a result after the ref bump. And then that damn the, test. That damn test. <laughs> that damn test. And then the un-Americans get the win and retain the titles. Yeah. Um, I have put here rather unfairly because the guy's dead. Poor bless him. But I put test. <laughs> I put <laughs> test. Ugly fucker, but still got it on with Stacey Keebler. I don't know why. I don't know why. That's the thought that came to my mind. I just think, like at one point, he was like part of the whole test. Um, Steph getting married angle. Yep. Uh, he was, like, yeah, he was totally. He was, yeah, he was, he was in the power of. Yep. And then, he was getting married to her, wasn't he? Yeah, yep, he was. It was he who was oh, getting married, and 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 Triple H, um, that uh, like walked in and disturbed and. Yeah. and do we uh, not? Do we not remember the street fight? Um, Shane McMahon. Yep, Shane McMahon. Someone's lamb ninety nine. Street fight, by the way. God, that damn test. Yeah, I'll probably be getting a oh, damn test. <laughs> Coming up next is a different kind of damn person because, well... well are, are you forgetting the, um, the, the the promo thing between the match with someone... I don't want to talk about Nidia. 
Someone making out with somebody who yeah. a man I don't know. J- Jamie, is, no- Jamie Noble cheering on his girlfriend, kissing random guys at WWE New York. That's it. I put my picture ten minute, yeah. Did you? <laughs> For you? Yeah. Were you making out with her at the time? Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, congratulations. And then I've just put, ooh, saucy stuff. So I'm guessing she says something rude there. I love this nitty. I mean, she would make a fine addition to Raw. This is a woman who really knows her place in this business. Eric, women in this business, their place is like mine. On top. <laughs> I like the way the Bischoff says, Nidia is a woman who knows her place in this business. <laughs> That is literally a quote from Bischoff. <laughs> Naughty Bischoff. Not that he's a, a tall sleazy. <laughs> yeah, so as uh, you alluded to, it's uh, Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, two things I, I like to point out about this match before we get into it. <laughs> you know the, um, the the thing at the bottom where you click through the matches? Yes. <laughs> the Benoit RVD match isn't on that thing at the bottom. That's the same with any Benoit match. You cannot actually get yeah. it in the bookmark. You have to actually fast forward to get to it. Because yeah. I was thinking, watching well, because there's a big gap between the next match. And then I fast forward and went, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> and the um, the wow. second thing is, uh, when Chris Benoit walks out, uh-huh. uh, the, the Intercontinental belt is blurred. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Yeah, so it is. I don't know whether it's because it's the stupid round belt. It might be, actually. Because they lost... Because that belt came to being because they lost the rights to the other one because the guy making it stopped making their belts. Am I remembering this right? Yes, kind of. So I don't know whether or not because of that they can't show the belt around his waist because when the graphic comes up for the match, you can see the belt. I was, I was yeah. like, what, my head and my hands are going, but it's blurred on his waist. Is that because it's Chris Benoit or is it because of the belt? Because <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping they would just blur Chris Benoit altogether so we'd have uh, <laughs> RVD wrestling a blur. <laughs> blur. <laughs> The blurred Wolverine. <coughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I still don't think it's particularly easy watching these matches. It's not weird, isn't you've it? got like Benoit coming out, and you've got the crippler flashing the tight draw. It's kind of like eee. Like claws in his yeah. trousers, really? Oh boy. <laughs> there is oh, that. Boy. It, it, it is kind of a weird sensation. You're right, you're watching it. I, I try to sort of distance myself from it. Yeah, it's difficult. Just though. Say, oh, here's just you know Chris Benoit. He was a wrestler, and I tried. Here's the wrestler, Chris Benoit. It's kind of like no, no. In fact, not think about how it all ended. Ended yeah. <laughs> because you know just looking at the ring, they have they have a good match despite the crowd being a bit flat during it. Yeah, yeah. And you can't deny you know Benoit had some good suplexes. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a fantastic technical wrestler. He was amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it was just a shame that he was he was an intense guy. Yeah. Um, let's to the end. To put it mildly, um, Maybe he should have spent more time in tents. Yeah, probably. Um, that intense. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm, t- I'm saying you're no. camping. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going either. Um, <laughs> did, did anyone spot the marry me sign halfway through the match? Yes. What? Mm. I got it. Uh, uh, Robert Dan goes up to the side, eats a load of barrier, and some guy. In, Literally, as the camp points to him, gets outside to marry me, Jess, or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Still like in the mood a little bit, but obviously oh. that didn't work. Thanks, Cam. Oh, so no problem. That's okay. There is a moment early on in the match where um, Van Dam gets German suplex and remains doubled up. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> like it properly, like shakes. Like a, a nasty suplex. Does is Jim Ross on commentary now? Yes. I think so. Yes, yeah. he is. He must. He must mention the word accordion. Then surely he does. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. 
Irish suplex, and Van Dam folded up like the accordion there. Did also anyone else notice? I think about halfway through, it looks like someone's being ejected from the crowd because all the crowds start looking off to one side. Yes, yeah, there's always been like a fight or something, and like. Benoit and RVD kind of go to like a rest hold in the middle of the ring, so the camera's like focus on them. But you can see the crowd just kind of going off to one side. They just watch the watch. They're just like quick rest hold. <laughs> but then there's like that um, that suplex sequence where he's got him in the hammerlock. Mm. Benoit and RVD just like it's just like about five in a row or something daft. Like it's, it's, it's they're good workers. It's a good match. It's just one guy killed his wife and son <laughs> and himself. And himself, and it makes it a little bit difficult to watch. Well, Van Dam loses the title pretty much straight afterwards, doesn't he? Well, after this match, yeah, he loses it to Jericho. Because, yeah, like, when they when they give the belt to RVD, it's not blurred. No, I noticed that as well. It's like because he have... he's yet to kill his family, so he's allowed to have achievements. <laughs> right? Oh my god! That's how the world works. Come on, you killed your family, you blurred your title, you blurred the belt. That's how it works. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Any any achievement you you kill your family, any achievement you had gets blurred. I can't I can't I can't wait for the for more of um <laughs> for more of the Von Eric stuff to go up in WWE Network because that way it's gonna be like a bunch of blurs wrestling each other. Oh no. Just imagine they caught the judge going, I now sentence you to ten years of having your belts blurred on WWE Network. <laughs> Damn it. No one will ever know that I won those. Uh, <laughs> it goes to the graphic, it's just a oh. giant blur on the screen. <laughs> Anyway, the main card, gentlemen. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think of the match? Anyway, it's good. I think it's a really good intercontinental match. Yeah, you can't stiff. Argue, you know, stiff RVD still kind of like in his proper prime, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So this is RVD once again. It's kind of a Rey Mysterio thing. This is an RVD when he seemed unique and it didn't seem like he was just rolling through the same stuff all the time. Like he, like yeah. when he comes back now, he's like he's not. He looks a bit awkward. Like when he walks, like his back's going to give up in a millisecond. Yeah, it just it doesn't. He's not, and you know he's gonna. You know we're gonna get rolling thunder, and then we're gonna get a five star frog splash. Bloody it's gonna God. be about. It's gonna be about half the speed he was. You know, fifteen <laughs> years before. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Um, I've just written down a note after this as well. It just says, "Why does Steph stare at Bish's crotch?" <laughs> I've totally forgotten why I've written that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think that you've written it is that is good enough. Um, pictures on the internet of it now. <laughs> I'm sure there are somewhere. I don't think any percentage of this podcast have seen Eric Bischoff's penis. <laughs> well. But you know what's on next, don't you? It's that damn test. It's that damn <laughs> test. That damn test. In an official match this time. Yeah. Against The Undertaker? Yeah, yeah we, we are full-on um, American badass. Yeah, the yeah. Undertaker. I've written them. Um, not only... Yeah, not only are we full on American badass, we're also full on American badass. Yeah, yeah. so I've written down um, uh, "Take You to Test" the glamour match, but first, bloody Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> damn it's Canadians. Like going up against the most American wrestler of all, the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, who's a, a man who pretends to be dead. Yeah, but he comes out like Hulk Hogan with the crowd, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Yeah, he's inside of the ring. With the bike and all that kind of stuff, and it's yeah. just no. Oh, it's, 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 it's a big hoss match, isn't it? It's two big men hitting each other. Pretty much. J, JR's trying to you know self test as best he can. That damn test. That damn test. That day, that young man. Uh, um, he's he's. I just don't. 
I think the, the, the whole American Badass thing was good from the point of view that it enabled Taker to have like to not have to do the zombified thing mm. and not do the kind of like the sit down up and, and you know just basically yeah. no he, cell he, he needed to change up didn't he, he couldn't keep oh yeah, yeah 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 I mean when you think about it what Taker's had how many years has Taker been in it now 25 <sighs> Three was his debut, ninety two. Was it ninety two Survivor Series? Nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was. It was. It was yeah. So he's had a twenty five year career, yeah. Yeah. And he's only he was only the American badass for what? Four three, years? four years. Three, three years. Because it was he came back from um, injury in ninety nine, didn't he? Judgment Day two thousand to WrestleMania twenty. Yeah, so what? You know, technically, years. went off screen before then, didn't he? When he got yeah, Survivor Series, Survivor Series two thousand three was the last time you saw the American Badass version. Mm. Um, but you know, you know, that's that. It's a really tiny part of his overall career, but it still enabled him to change up a bit. And even yeah. when he came back as the Dead Man, he was probably allowed a little bit more leeway with that character because we'd it seen became him the with... kind of cowboy Dead Man, didn't he? Yeah, that's exactly. Kind of, exactly. Kind of the last gunslinger kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And it was, you know, you didn't get, you didn't get so much of the, oh, here I am constructing a casket for, you know, this. <laughs> they were and the like, best promos, you though. You, you didn't, yeah, I know, but you didn't get some literal... doing some carpentry. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. With Paul Bearer going, <laughs> in the background. That's um, what Tess needed. That's what that damn Tess needed. That damn Tess needed to just build himself a big box. <laughs> He's going to use it several years' time. Oof, too soon. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Tess, he was... Was he kind of held up because he had like the Vince McMahon look? He was tall, he was big, he had blonde hair. Yep, it's kind of ticked all the Vince McMahon boxes, but it, he had that he didn't have that spark that you know. No, he was a bit on the dark side, he just didn't have the charisma. I don't think he just yeah. wasn't. Nah, but yeah. Well, I think well, my last line of this match I've written chair face, tombstone done next. Yeah, he it's could, not he couldn't weird. be fired, could he? That was the storyline. He'd won in a mini battle it. royal, hadn't he? It's Survivor Series, yeah. No, it was an invasion. No, it was Survivor Series. Was so it? It, was the last, oh, it was the last night of the pay-per-view, like the, the, the WCW-WF thing. Yeah, it was Invasion. Oh, no, it wasn't. Sorry, 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 sorry. Invasion was in the summer, and then the Survivor Series was the big finale. My bad, sorry. I'm yeah, confused. Yes, they rushed the Invasion angle in five months. <laughs> um, it could have gone on for years, that. could have gone on for so long. Um, yeah. You know, in a good way. Uh, but it, they had the Battle Royal, and whoever won would... Still keep their job no matter what side they were on. Yeah, that's right. Tonight, and that's what Test won. And he was obviously in WCW. Um, it would have made more sense if you, they, they could have ran the invasion and done the brand split along those routes, those paths, couldn't they? And that would have made more sense. Well, the, the original idea was to have Raw as a WF show and SmackDown as a WCW show and just keep them running at the same time for like yeah. a couple of years. Um, but obviously, then Booker T and uh, Bob Bagwell had that WCW title match on Raw, which got booed out the building. Because his uh, mum wasn't on the forklift truck, you see. Probably. Uh, but mainly because the, the WF crowd had been told for years that WCW was shite and not to bother with it. And here they are. Hey, here's WCW. Yeah. So what else were they going to do? And uh, they kind of, they taken the, the big WCW stars and made them their own. So Chris, Chris Jericho was now a WWF guy, wasn't he? And, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Eddie Guerrero was a WWF oh. guy. And all, the, all those names. And all, all they were left with on WCW Wait. was, you know, Bagwell and Steiner. and. Yeah, so that basically made them like totally scrap that plan at a moment's notice and then just integrate WCW uh, uh, as a kind of uh, as a separate invading entity to begin with you'd have been better off just keeping them as two separate shows and then slowly you could have added on the people that were whose contracts were running out with Time Warner mm. like your Goldberg 
and Hogan and Nash and Hall. And you could have, you know, when the NWO came in 2002, that could have been part of an extended invasion angle. Yeah, you know, WCW w- 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 could have called up the NWO to destroy the WWF. That would have been amazing. But instead, it was just this kind of nostalgia kick. And it was just, it led to the, the, the Rock Hogan match at WrestleMania 18, which is brilliant. Yeah. But it wasn't, it didn't do anything after that. No. Oh, a big waste of uh, potential, really, wasn't it? Kind it really of like test. was. Kind of like Test. Yeah, getting back to the point. That Perhaps. damn Test. That damn Test. That damn Test! Well, why does the Undertaker keep his tombstone with mothballs? It's just what? a joke. Did nobody, did, <laughs> did nobody see that? Did nobody hear that quote? No. At the end of the match? No. Oh, well. I missed this. Right. Carry on. And the Undertaker! Pull him up, tombstone pile driver. Run out of mothballs if you will. Yeah, because he was doing the last ride, wasn't he? Because wasn't there... it's la- last ride? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Wasn't there like the silent ban on the tombstone because, or like he was the only one allowed to do tombstones uh, pile drivers because of the whole thing with you know the various neck injuries they've had over the years. Um, there's like a silent ban, wasn't there? So that's why he switched to the last ride, if I'm remembering that right. I think what happened when he came back at Judgment Day, he tombstone Triple H in the Iron Man match. Yeah. And I think Triple H went crying to Vince that he could have been hurt or whatever, and I think that's why they stopped doing it. Yeah. Crybaby. Wow. <laughs> crybaby. Well, speaking of Triple H being a crybaby. <clears throat> mm. Oh, sorry, before we move on, can I just, one last point on The Undertaker, can I just say... He made the best point of doing his greatest un-American impression at the end of that match by celebrating with the American flag backwards. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> well, take it. It's, it's like bro, it's like that infamous scene of the great Cali holding up the WWE Championship up upside down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do, so does Diana Hart. I found out by the way. <laughs> um, Legends. Back at Beware of the Dog. She does. She holds it upside down. Um. Next, uh, yeah, we'll get on to the, the, the unsanctioned match. I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you realise, but this match is unsanctioned. I don't know if they made that point clear enough. I'm going to sanction your match at SummerSlam. Officially, your match will never happen. Todd Michaels and the game! Non-sanctioned! Yeah, this is this is my this is my only problem with the setup of this match. If it's unsanctioned, why are they given half an hour on a pay per view? Also, why are they getting entrances? Why is there a referee? Yeah, exactly. Why is there a referee? Why are they getting full entrances? Why is this on the pay per view? What is unsanctioned about this? (laughs) It's unsanctioned. They say it's unsanctioned. If if like if like Michaels and and Triple H were shown off like in the car park having a fight. Like earlier on in the pay per view, and then out, you know, in in the cafeteria, punching each other's lights out, you know, yeah. half an hour later, in between all the matches, and you can kind of see that. But yeah. I suppose that would ruin the surprise, kind of the surprise of how Shawn Michaels can fight after four years out. Yeah, yeah um, one thousand six hundred nine days ago was his last match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, they say that. The question was, can he go? It, it was a it was a cracking promo video, wasn't it? Though at the beginning. Oh yes. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. That was really good. The great return, the betrayal, the bitterness, yep. the jealousy. Do, do no. we remember that stupid storyline? <laughs> which oh, which one? Just, sorry, I'll just run it quickly. I, I watched this at the time, and I remember thinking, "Hmm." Well, that, that, <laughs> wow. have, the, that have the big thing when Shawn Michaels comes back as the leader of the NWO, and that's just bombs. So yeah. tr- try and find something else for him to do. So that they sort of 
bring him back to Raw with Shawn Michaels and then um, sorry with Triple H and then he um, he go in the ring and do the DX thing and then Triple H pedigrees him mm-hmm. yep now you might have thought oh that's a great setup for SummerSlam but for some reason they do a U-turn and then they just make friends again yeah, well, this the, the, the thing is like because Michaels get like his head pushed into the side of a car doesn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Stuff. literally they, they do a U-turn and then they make friends again and then um, obviously somebody mysterious puts his head through a windscreen and um, with that rubbish CCTV footage yeah and then Triple H is like I'm going to find the guy who did this Sean I love you man Sean I'm going to get revenge for you and then of course who does it turn out to be it's like the higher power thing all over again <laughs> yeah it's it's obviously going to be Triple H um, by the way who commits a crime wearing your own t-shirt it's got to be good. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's a little bit on the stupid side. We should have yeah. worn Rikishi's t-shirt. That's what he should have done. Yeah, he should have. Because Rikishi's a hell of a driver. Exactly. <laughs> Hall of Fame Rikishi, by the way. Yeah. Hall of Famer, yeah. Oh, is he? Yes. Yeah, they've announced tonight. Oh. Nice, Rikishi. Or announced mid-afternoon if no. you're at the useless Twitter. I think they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for this year's now, but never mind. They got Macho in, did they, for crying out loud? Yeah, well, that's, that's your main... The last year it was Warrior. The year before that it was San Martino. This year's uh, this year's savage. At least savage is already dead, so you don't have the whole awkwardness. He dies the following day. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's hope not. Thanks, thank you. He come back welcome. to life the following day this year. <laughs> 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 if only he came back to life a day a day sooner, he could have got his induction. But no, he had to do it the day. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, nope. Jesus. Um, <clears throat> Shawn Michaels. I think it's vitally important the small details in the, in this match. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is not in his usual attire. No, he's jeans. Jeans and a t-shirt, whereas Triple H comes out in full ring gear. <laughs> Do we think that it's weird that Triple H hasn't got a beard in this match? It kind of. Not really, no. I thought it was weird. I thought it looked weird. I was like, Triple H without a beard doesn't look right. I he's think not... he's, um, Shawn Michaels' jeans are a damn sight better than them brown things he wears for the Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah. Survivor <laughs> Series. Well, them brown chaps, aye, aye. <laughs> uh, what's, on, what's on Shawn's t-shirt? It's Philippine... Religious quote. quote, isn't it? It's it's a passage from the Bible. Yeah, it's Philippians uh, four thirteen. Do we know what that says? Nope. Um, I didn't do drugs. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, boys! Did you not listen in Sunday school? I nope. can do. I can do all of this through Him who gives me strength. Great. That's Triple H. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, amen. That's your religious corner for tonight. Thank you. <laughs> do you know? It was at this point I realised what was wrong with the pay per view. What's that? The, the the ramp was on the wrong side of the ring. Oh. oh, I didn't think of that. It was on the right hand side, not the left. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a point where they go up to the side of the ring, and I'm like, "This looks weird. Why does this look weird?" Oh, the ramp's on the wrong side of the arena. So, oh, it's not to the left of the camera. Yes, to the right. Ah, yeah. right. I see. I, I, I never bothered me. Never yeah, bothered me. It wasn't until that point I just kind of thought it's on the wrong side of the ring. What's going on here? Never bothered me. Never bothered. Me. Well, well, we'll move on then. Well, there we go. Doesn't HBK HBK sell really well? Yes. Like, he, he does brilliantly. And that's, this is what makes this match. I remember someone wrote into Power Slam um, once, and there's a, there's a spot in this match, and I can't remember which one, but someone wrote to Power Slam saying, that looked like it absolutely tore Michaels apart completely, you know, uh, proper leveled him. Was it a real shot? Um, I think it's like a chair shot or a ladder or something like that. Is that when he gets busted open? When he gets. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. With a, with a steel chair. It's brutal, then, isn't it? Power Slam basically went, well, no, it would have been absolutely staged, but you probably just complimented them beyond all measure by saying yeah. that you thought yeah. it was real, kind of thing. So oh, I, I, had a, I had a question as well at this point. 
um, I wrote down, um, at what point when building a ring does a sledgehammer get used? Um, it's, it's, it's for... Um, it's, it's the ropes up. If you're getting the ropes not, in, is it? Knocking the ring post into the ground. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, dong. Well, yeah, that's why, that, so that's why they have the sledgehammer and put it under the ring, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, how do you explain a two by four wrapped in barbed wire then? Um, that's for, um, that's, 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 JR does a fantastic job of putting across that that's a surgically repaired bag, yeah. you know, and that's the that's, that's Michael's JR's weakest point. JR mode in this match. Yeah, I see it, you know, he's absolutely pinnacle of his powers. Back to the turnbuckles. Again, focusing on that back. Now healed is the broken back. And you say, well, JR's been four years. For those of you that have ever had a broken back, I am told it never fully heals. You never get over it. And you damn sure don't get in the ring with an athlete like Triple H. And, you know, Triple H is top of his heel game, so oh, yeah. he's using every trick in the book. I would also say, because you mentioned Eli, like, why is there ref in the ring? But Earl Hepner, is it Earl or Dave Hepner? Whichever Hepner Earl, it is, Earl. he does such a good job. Like he's like shouting at Triple H, going, "What are you doing?" Like you know, he's having like yeah. going for like yeah, he's a lot of history, the thing as well. The referee's doing the whole thing of no, stop it! You know, you've done enough. You've done enough. And yeah. kids, but it's unsanctioned, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. JR's doing the whole thing of saying, Sean, you've come back. You've given it one chance. You've got no shame on you. You did it. Give it a good go. But just please, just say I quit now. Yeah. Just walk away, Sean. No one's gonna think any less of you, son. And he says, to, says like, um, Earl, just fast count him mode. Just fast count him. Yeah, just, just exactly. Get just, you know, get it over with. I, I wish Sean Michaels would just give it up here. Just, just give it up, Sean. You, you made us all proud. You came back. You did everything you could. Everything under God's sun you could do, you have done. Oh, look at this! Oh, you're overmatched, my friend. Oh, they're bowing right up to Triple H. I mean, he's getting right in Triple H's face. I, I admire Earl Hitner's. Tell you right now, knock it off! A poor human being. Four years away from this carnage and combat. This is a sick human being, folks. And that's why th- this was probably one of the best matches of that year. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then, like, Triple H, Triple H gets busted open, and Shawn Michaels does his nip up, and it's like, oh, it just kicks into another gear, doesn't it? We do, yeah. We has his comeback. Backbreaker, he hits on the chair as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he hits him with a shoe at one point. <laughs> hits him with a boot, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he hits a boot, boot and hits him with it. Which is like, that's that's how unsanctioned it is. They're using shoes. Also, there's a bit where Triple H takes off uh, Shawn Michaels' belt. It's a bit of sexiness. Well, it's a bit saucy, isn't it? It does get a little bit like that. Speaking it? of saucy, the uh, the smile on Shawn Michaels' face when he gets the ladder out. <laughs> yeah. You just know he's, he's rocking a fucking stunner at that point going, yes. <laughs> he just bursts out of the Shawn Michaels' grin and it's like, oh my God, did we miss Shawn Michaels? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, then he hits that, that big elbow through the table on the outside. Yes. It's yeah. like, what are you doing, sir? It's like one of the biggest, biggest elbows you'll ever see in your life. Like, the height he gets. It's just yep. ridiculous. It's it's not quite the, the height of the ladder he had to, in the match against um, Vince McMahon at the no. uh, oh, WrestleMania. <laughs> There's a bit in the book. The, uh, Ewan was kind enough to give me a 30 Years of WrestleMania book for, for, for Christmas. And um, there's a bit in that where they interview Shawn Michaels about that match with Vince McMahon. And apparently there was like a 25-foot-high ladder that they practiced Jeez. with. And 
Sean went to the top of it and said, "Now this is way too high. This is way too high. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Give me a twenty foot one." And they went, "Okay, Sean, yeah, we'll we'll give you a twenty foot one on the night. Don't worry about it, Sean. Don't worry about it." When nope. he get when he gets up to do that final spot with Vince McMahon, it's, he he got to the top and went, "This is the twenty five foot, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> but then realised that there's no turning back now. Yeah, just <laughs> totally. go for it. So he just goes for it. Imagine, imagine though, if he like if he stopped, climbed down. Took that ladder down, put it out to the ring, got the other one, put that back in the ring, set it up. Smaller and then the... one I went, yeah. There we go. That's better. That's better. Do that on that. Bye. Good finish as well with the uh, the oh, yeah. they do the uh, the swerves into their finishing moves. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's really good in that sense. It's just you know, trade moves, equal contest. Um genuinely that kind of thing of you you're thinking, Sean's gonna get carried out of this place on a stretcher. Yep. Yeah, you know. And then you, you but the only thing about it is that Sean, I suppose it kind of led into the work followed afterwards, but Sean's not allowed to have his celebration. No. It's evil Triple H. Triple H has to smack him with a sledgehammer to get his heat yeah. back, basically. And then but... cripple him. Yeah, but like that when um, Triple H walks out of the ring, he's got like he's got he's, the smile on his face is such a good yeah. heel smile. Oh, yeah. I've wrote that Triple H leaves his ring as the biggest dick in the world. Yes. <laughs> which, is, which is the aim of the game, you know? Literally. Well, yeah. the game, yeah. you know. But, Wait, uh, isn't this like this is like a year after he came back from his quad injury? Yeah, so you actually won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and he came back as like a massive heel because he got that big pop on the Raw. So obviously, obviously, the 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 plan was to make him as like as heelish as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, So basically, crippling Shawn Michaels on his way back into the ring. Like you know, you can put a tick in that box. It's worked. He's back as being like the top heel of the company. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And also, you've got Jr. going mental as well. Oh, he does go mental, doesn't he? But it's it's it's, it's fantastic for it. That damn test. That damn test. Now, so we'd agree that this is probably the best match of the night so far. Oh yeah, yeah. A hard one to follow as well. Well, the finish was something different as well, wasn't it? I mean, the finish wasn't a finishing move essentially. No, it was a roll up. Yeah, you sort of rolled them up because you reversed the pedigree. And yeah. I just I remember think watching that as a kid. If I was a kid, I was about twenty one at the time, and thinking, <laughs> "Oh, this is this is amazing." I, you know, was I know it's fake, but you were pulling for Michael so much because he could suspend your disbelief. In exactly, it. but it's one yeah. of those matches where you get two guys who are so skilled that you get past all the oh well, it's all just a, a fake fight kind of thing that's in the back of your mind, and you genuinely let go. Yeah, and you, you're going along with it. And that's when wrestling is absolutely brilliant, and that it's best for me. Is when you finally decide, nah, I'm I'm in this now. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And they take you there. It's the best feeling in the world. I um, think that's what, what I've been talking about NXT with the uh, the the Zane and Neville program because you you you, you oh yeah you that literally was... just you just win with it because yeah exactly and they were they were skilled enough to make you believe that and drop the whole thing of oh it's two guys yeah. pretend to have a fight. Mm. You were involved <laughs> in the story, involved in the build up, involved in the match itself. And you yeah. went along, and you you genuinely didn't know. I think the, I the skill, the, the best skill part of the the Neville um, Zane title fight was the fact you kind of knew deep down that Zane was going to win it. Yeah, yeah. But even then, there was moments, got there. there was moments at the end where you thought, <coughs> "Is he?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of thing. And you're thinking, "Yeah." Just, oh, 
My favourite bit at the end of the match is when um, Michaels kisses Earl Hebner. <laughs> Just a, is that in a sexy way? Or? Obviously, you can see he's chuffed he got through the match. That was the main thing. He got through the match, he delivered his match. And uh, that was his little salute to Earl. Because um, them two were good friends in real life. So, all right. It was um, it was it was quite a nice little touch, and then I guess like you've already said, it was a big good. He didn't get his big celebratory moments for long, did he? But uh, no, he didn't. He, he got an elimination chamber. He had the weird. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty oh, much but Survivor Series technically. Speaking of um, inappropriate kissing, uh, uh, the thing we have to talk about this. The oh, what a lead up that was! I didn't even see that segue. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Fink and Tristratus. To make it up to you, I, I got a little surprise. You do? Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Hey, Trish. Hey, don't kiss him. You know, we might have something here. Because I'll tell you, it certainly is a dog-eat-dog world, isn't it? Especially when you've got the puppies. Hey! And I've got my wiener. Oh, my oh, God. I want to vomit. I'm what sick. does that mean? Fink comes out and JR starts bashing the Fink, at which point I'm going, why is JR bashing the Fink? Because this is this, this the Fink. Slightly yeah. disheveled looking Fink, but it's still the Fink. Don't, don't say that's another rapist in the Hall of Fame, though. Oh my God. It's just, I don't understand what was going on. I've written down, I feel like I've gone insane. Yeah. When Lillian Garcia comes out and they beat him up the Fink, I'm like, what? what? This is why? how you follow that match. On a similar note, Phil, I have written, why am I witnessing this? Yeah, what? what? <laughs> Why does Vince McMahon hate the Fink? I wrote one bird and write anything down. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Hope for the best. It was a terrible story, though. Is it yeah. just to have like Lillian Garcia just slap Fink across the face? I, like, so. I, I, I understand you need something to kind of break up the end of that match before you get into the main event, but yeah, so really, he doesn't care for. This was this was how you do it. You should. They just need to play the Brock training montage promo that comes next. Yes. <laughs> I fear not reprisals from my enemies, for I walk with the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Wasn't the Undisputed Belt a really good-looking belt? It was nice. Yeah, it was quite cool, actually. I don't understand why they replaced it with the bling one. Obviously because that was uh, seen as gimmick, but... Because it was seen as whole thing about, you know, customising his cars and his... Bloody belts and oh, the undisputed belt was so good, and it's kind stupid of stupid children's clothes. <laughs> Go on, Kyle, wow. let it all out. Stupid let it all merchandise. Out. Let it all out. That after he's been there for about fifteen fucking years, and he can't go, get Cameron. a fly a proper STF. Let it go. He's <laughs> always, it's a safe place. It's fine, Cam. It's a safe place. He's always about three centimeters away from locking onto someone's chin, so it just looks like he's hugging them. I, I would argue his STF is as bad as the Rock Sharpshooter. I was going to say, I'm sure we'll get onto shoddy uh, submission moves very shortly. <laughs> yeah. The Brock versus The Rock. Yep. Brock Rock. Now, was this... How how far away are we removed from uh, Rock doing The Mummy? Same year, I think. 2002. Was, so we started to have the Hollywood version of The Rock come through, yeah? Yeah. Because he, he's, he, he's gone, effectively, by the next year, isn't he? Yeah, but I didn't realise yeah. during this match, I did not remember the amount of people that are booing The Rock. Oh, well, he, he, there is a turn, isn't there? He's yeah. for six months after this match. I don't know what he films. I don't know what he films after this match. Second Scorpion? The second... Is that what it is? Scorpion I think it was King? Scorpion King, wasn't it? Yeah, because he went straight from the Mummy to the Scorpion King. Yeah. Because yeah. he had a kind of bit part in the Mummy, didn't he? But then he was the main guy. Yeah, then he the full character. But, I mean, 
it, it does feel like The Rock at this point. I don't know. It just feels like yeah. he's going through the motions. He's, he's got enough charisma to kind of carry himself and you know, to carry the match and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Totally. But you can kind of tell that like, of the two people in the ring, one person wants it a hell of a lot more. It's almost like he realizes he's passing the torch, but he doesn't actually want to put any effort into it. Mm. I mean, it's not a bad match. No, no, it's not. I mean, the crowd are into Lesnar like nothing else. Oh, yeah. I mean, the crowd want Lesnar to win, definitely. For oh, yeah. all of his, you know, he is the. Ne- this is when Lesnar was the next big thing. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Like, Let's not forget how he is the number one contender. Yeah, he won King of the Ring. Because yeah, because he um, in a rare turn there actually said whoever wins King of the Ring gets a title shot, which is a change. <laughs> so it's actually a point to winning King of the yeah, Ring. He's he's won. Did Lesnar not win the? Wait a minute. He's, he won King of the Ring. Yep. He wins the world title here. Yep. Does he not? Was it 2003's Royal Rumble he won as yep. well? So within a yep. year, he's won pretty much everything going. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It's like a massive push for someone straight away, really, isn't it? How much of a of a complete monster of a push was Lesnar's first 12 months? He was on a rocket to the moon. Yeah. Oh, totally. But if you look totally. at him, and like he's working the ring, like he's selling in the ring, uh, you know, who, who else are you going to push to the top? If, you, if you're losing the rock for how long, how long it's going to be, you know, you've got Shawn Michaels back, but he's not quite the same Shawn Michaels as he was four years ago. You need, you need that kind of big, powerful face at the top. He does kind of fit the mould. Apart from the lack of talking. Yeah. I mean, he's always got to have a mouthpiece with him. I think that's all why they've always put him with yeah. Lesnar, which is a smart move. Yeah, because Hay- Heyman's heel manager work in this is brilliant. Like, all the things he's doing outside the ring. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a couple of moments where I've just put, Heyman's face is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Heyman in general is wonderful. He's wonderful. Heyman is, is, is a, uh, he's just an absolute miracle worker, usually. But, you know, obviously some people, they put, they, they, there seems to be a sort of thing in the last couple of years where it's obviously been, oh, if we stick him with Heyman, it'll be brilliant. Mm. Hence, you know, the, your, your Curtis Axel and your Cesaro. <laughs> the right back. Right back. Doesn't right back, quite yeah. work sometimes, but getting with the right guy. Well, I think the problem with that was they, 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 they paired him up with those guys straight after the Undertaker's streak was broken. Yeah. And straight after Brock Lesnar goes off screen. So Heyman's mm. job is to remind people that, that Lesnar exists. But in mm. doing that, he can't have the time to put the other guys over. Yeah, exactly. Cesaro. Yeah. Does anybody remember him being Mr. Cesaro? Yeah, oh, that's so many times. I remember him doing promos with Cesaro in the ring on Raw, like April last year, going on about how he is the one behind the one in twenty-one and one. Yeah. And it's like, and going, yeah, but yeah. you're not, you're not stood in the ring with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's yeah. sitting at home counting his money. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they clearly knew what was going to happen at SummerSlam. You know, they're going to put the belt on Lesnar, so Heyman had oh, yeah, to keep Lesnar in people's minds. But he did that at the cost of those other guys. Yeah, which was a damn shame because, like a, a, a like a Heyman Heyman guy stable would be awesome because you know there should be more stables in wrestling. I think that's a given. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a not a bad match. It's a, you kind of know the, the Rock's going to go. Yeah, even after the yeah. um, the bear hug. Yeah, the bear hug with the chair shot. Yeah, <laughs> but there's an awesome looking. You know, there's some good suplexes in it. Heyman goes through a table because he's a brilliant worker. Did anyone else notice when they got outside the ring, Triple H's blood still on the outside of the mats? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one's bothered to clean it up yet. It's just like still on the floor. He's got to be in the main <laughs> event, hasn't he? He's got to be. <laughs> He's always got to be there. 
And then um, I think one of my favorite rock moments was when Brock clicks out, kicks out of the uh, rock bottom, and like to see mm-hmm. Rock's face, like his confused oh, yeah, face. The, the eyes are all bogged out. He's like, "What yeah. the fuck?" He's, like, he, he can still sell things really well. Well, have you noticed the crowd don't buy it at all? When he hits the rock bottom, there's no one in the crowd who thinks the match is over. No, that they're, all, they're all booing them, aren't they? They're all booing. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're all totally booing. There's like when when Lesnar pins him for the one, two, three. The 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 kind of major part of the crowd round the ring like stand up and cheer it does feel like a John Cena match from like the last couple of years yeah, yeah I, I think it was one of the, it was the start of the kind of hatred of The Rock for doing something else that's not wrestling yeah but the, he, no, that, that's how he kind of turned that into the, the Hollywood Rock persona didn't he which worked really so well which came, yeah it worked really well but I can never understand the attitude behind that. Because the, I, I don't I don't get when fans go, Oh, he's trying something else that's not wrestling. Boo him. Fear, the fear Boo of, him. of abandonment or something. Yeah, but there's this whole thing of like going, Oh, if you, if you become famous as a wrestler, you have to stay being a wrestler. Hmm. Sod that. You know, if you go oh, on. Feed your family. Yeah. Because like just, of all the guys who were top, the only one who really stayed the whole time was Triple H. There, there was Stone yeah. as well. What a godsend that was, eh? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> and maybe like really the big show and really 2003. To be, fair, to be fair to Triple H, if he's booking NXT, then I'm happy for the future. Yeah. All right, good point. Um, to be fair to the guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's I, I don't get this the, the kind of enclosed thing that the industry has sometimes where if you're a wrestler, you cannot transcend anything else. Mm. You know, you have to be... Um, you, well, you, I, I don't you, mind. You have to go- be what the fans want you to be. That's the thing. Exactly, exactly. And you know, some okay. Some wrestlers have gone and done terrible, terrible movies. Other ones have gone and done some really, really good ones. Although hey, you never. No Holds Barred is a brilliant film. Yes, yes, it is. I don't care so, what you say. I, never mind. I, I had it on VHS actually. I, 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 um, don't I mean, I, I don't think anyone's ever going to top uh, Roddy Piper in They Live, but never mind. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. I've just come up with a second place. Oh, go on. Right. Roddy Piper and They Live. Yeah. Andre the Giant and the Princess Bride. Of course. Oh, yeah. Good pick. You forget about Andre. Oh, about Andre. But I think, like, like this, like, crowd reaction is how we end up with, like, you know, Roman Reigns being booed when he wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, that's hilarious. It, it's the start to that path, isn't it? Of the crowd thinking that they... That, that um, we... there's a, but it, it's the start of the whole thing. Yeah, that probably that we are seeing these days when real-life events start to influence... The the whole attitude towards whether you're a heel or a face. It's no longer the office kind of deciding that you are one or the other. It's kind of how people react to you and what you do in either your private life or or you know if you, uh, any other project you end up doing. Hmm. Um, I mean, we discussed it a little bit earlier with the whole Edge thing. You know, I mean, he had to change his character because of the whole Lita thing because that got out and people knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. You, you could not have Edge coming down the ring, you know, kind of like, you know, smiling and, you know, giving it all the hey, you know, and all this kind of stuff, when everyone knows that he was boffing Lita behind Matt's back and he was a bit of a love rat. Yeah. Kind of thing. And he was just, you know, he was a bit of a shagger. So... <laughs> <laughs> but... Wow. He was. Uh, not from personal experience. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how many, what percentage of this podcast have seen Edge's penis? I don't think I've seen it at all. Uh, no? Put my hand down. Hand down where? 
Oh, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, but the, the, getting back to the the, the rock block. <clears throat> so this is like the passing of the torch, isn't it? This is like the attitude era being passed on to the is it ruthless aggression? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. This is this is the obvious, and they, they make a big thing about Lesnar being the youngest WWE undisputed champion. Yeah, which if you're going to be picky about it when they describe him as the youngest undisputed champion, it's not a lot because it's only been going since Jericho won it. <laughs> So, hey But and yeah, world champion, the youngest one. Yeah, and isn't yeah. it like by the next pay-per-view, Triple H is the world heavyweight champion because they brought that belt back? Yeah, because Bischoff has just given him the title, Scott Free. Yeah. They didn't that's even true. they didn't even build that one to like a tournament or have a match for it. Just gave it to him. But again, that's, that's that feels like a good heelish move, you know? That he gets the belt and celebrates like he's the big winner. Um, in the story, Stephanie <clears throat> signs Brock Lesnar exclusively to SmackDown. Um, after he's won the title, so Bischoff's got no champion to appear on Raw, uh, so he, he makes yeah, his own the, champion. the champion floated, didn't he? Then they did specific yeah. champions for each one, yeah. 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 <sighs> but that, we were talking about before the podcast came because I, I, like, I watched this preview, but then I kind of like, you can kind of skip forward a little bit and kind of see how things evolve. Yep. Because how you're kind of going through, you know, the, um, uh, that kind of pre-Attitude Era pay-per-views. Yeah. I kind of went through that a while ago. I was trying to like pinpoint the pay-per-view when like Triple H went from being Hunter Hearst Helmsley to being Triple H. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like with with the network, you can kind of see how those things evolve. Like you know, from this paper, you get suddenly you've got the world heavyweight belt, and then you're into the start of evolution and that kind of things. That's like one thing I really like about the network is you can kind of like step back and look at like how things evolve over the course of like two years or so, and how the kind of yep. characters kind of appear. Like you can kind of see how the Rocky Maivia becomes the Rock. You get the kind of prototype characters. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, um, that, that damn test. That damn test. <laughs> I'm finding that a lot at the moment with even with the three pay-per-views I've watched so far, I'm finding that a lot with Stone Cold at the moment. You can kind of see him become from being the ringmaster to being yeah, Stone he's, Cold. Yeah, because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin when I start when at um, in '96, but he's mm. not got the stunner. No, he's still doing the Million Dollar Dream, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only in the <clears throat> in King of the Ring he started using the stunner properly, and even mm. then he doesn't use the kick to the gut to set it up. He just kind of picks people up, puts his shoulder in the, by their jaw, and goes yeah, and does it. drops. There's no kind of explosive kick to the gut, then spin and then bang. Yeah, it's just Which literally kind of... it was DDP's idea because DDP apparently has got his fingers all over wrestling history. Oh yes, yeah, DDP's the man. So what, what do we think of that? So are we thinking this match was a decent finish to the. To the yeah, it was a good finish to the show. The crowd got what they wanted. We've got the next sort of evolution of the WWE beginning here. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the most important question is where does this fit in on the Ooh, grid? Not uh, top. No, can I just mention one spot we didn't we didn't cover? It's, it's, it's a bit pointless. It's a bit pointless, but I liked it. It's when they're both down and they both double kip up at the same yeah, time. Yeah, actually, I wrote that down as well. The double nip up. I thought that was just really clever because. Oh yeah. It, it might have happened before, but I just don't recall seeing it before. See, I don't remember that being used again. No. Yeah, I thought it was really cool seeing it, seeing it happen. No, I agree with that. It's not a heel thing to do, is it? It's not what the heel does. It's what no. Shawn Michaels always does. It's yeah. So you could tell they were pushing Lesnar towards the. The mistake of making them a face already. Yeah, and seeing um, <clears throat> seeing Lesnar do one as well, considering like his size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without him exploding. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's falling to bits. Let's, why don't you try a shooting star press? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boom! <laughs> that uh, that may not end well for anybody, including his neck. I'm trying to think what's on the league table at the moment. We've got WrestleMania Eight still top, isn't it? <laughs> I'm frantically trying to open it. Um. <laughs> New Japan was second, wasn't it? Yes. I'd call this third. I'd say third. 
What was third? Something else. King, King uh, the Ring, possibly, no? Hang on, I'm going to try and open up the webpage without breaking everything. I'll, 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 fill, it, I'll, fill, it up, I'll fill the time up with some ranting. Please don't, um, I'm back, I'm back. Oh. <laughs> I have a good story to tell, but I shall save it. Save it. Okay. I'll say a good story, it wasn't really good. Well, Cameron, as you, I just so happened to have the webpage open with the, 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 the list on there of the pay-per-views. All right, it's good you're prepared, Phil. It's yeah, good it is. Prepared. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, third was Survivor Series 95. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's better than that. Yeah, we're putting it second. Uh, yeah, third. Sorry, third. 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 Well, yes. it'll go second for me because I'm so New Japan. But but there you go. <laughs> you're you're outvoted so- by the podcast. <laughs> so that means that uh, World War Two, World War Three, 1995 is still the worst podcast uh, PPV of all time. <laughs> so far, well, yes. WrestleMania yes. Nine's going. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh no! 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 no. Does beg the obvious question though: What is coming next? Well, whose pick oh. is it? I think it's Phil's. Yes, I think you're right. It would indeed be my pick. All right. And if we're gonna do, like, try and bottom out this list and find the worst podcast, or the worst. I keep saying podcast. Their pay per view. Oh, that's already have do. the podcast happening right now. Yes, right now. It's the, try and find the worst pay per view. Then surely we have to go to the Lex Luger era of WWF. Oh no. no. We have to go to the time when the Lex Express. No. Yokozuna. SummerSlam 1993. SummerSlam 1993. Oh my holy God. Ah, it's going to be terrible. That time when Vince McMahon said, you know who's going to replace Hulk Hogan? Lex Luger. Lex Luger. And he just he, he put down his pen, sat back in his chair and nodded to himself. And just oh, went, frantic. just went. Someone get me a bus. <laughs> we need a bus. <laughs> uh, I'm just give looking. Me a we'll call it the Lex Express. That's because they even um, give me his own song, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. He's had his hero song. I like his hero song. Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll have that all over the podcast. Now, don't you worry about that. But I'll just, I'll just pre-warn you. It, I don't think the whole pit is that bad, actually. But we, we, we shall wait and see. Well, we'll discuss that at the time. Won't we? In, in <laughs> we next quarter, I believe it's going to be. I don't think it's a car wreck, put it that way. That, hopefully. I personally am looking forward to Ludwig Borger versus Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Ludwig Borger. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. He was good, him. I liked him. He was good. But it's been nice. It's been nice podcasting again. Yeah, it was really good. Maybe we should do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just more often. Yeah, yeah more often. Probably like, you know, like once a month, like we were actually planned. Like I said, once a quarter is fine for me. Uh, on a random side note, I've just noticed something on Facebook. I'm just going to read it out verbatim. <clears throat> um, it's a list of matches. Mm-hmm. So, AJ Styles against Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi against Tomoaki Homna, The Young Bucks versus Red Dragon versus Time Splitters, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, and Adrian Neville versus Finn Balor. All these happen tomorrow. Wow. What a great day wrestling. I think Al just hung up when he heard the Japanese names. I thought we were in Chinese, sorry. Oh my god, wow. Oh dear. Can I have a number eight with fried rice and a side order of Tanahashi? (laughs) Please. (laughs) On a side note, New Japan World is free this month. Are they just copying whatever WWE do? Yep. (laughs) It just sounds that way. 
He just so, says, oh, they have a free month. Okay, I'll do it for so, free as well. Go to newjapanworld.com and sign up for your free months now. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the side order of Tanahashi. I'm sorry. Can I have a number nine with extra Nakamura, please? Oh, Cheers. Nakamura. Oh, you... Can I have a Nakamura extra crispy, please? Whatever you do in life, extra Nakamura is no bad thing. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, th- thank you, Cameron, for that. No problem. It's <laughs> all good. <laughs> thank you, Ewan, for the, the for that as well. You're welcome. Thank you, Al, for the casual racism. <laughs> I would I wouldn't do any such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you just did, but never mind. It and it's recorded. And it's in the podcast. <laughs> so we'll be back um at some point this calendar year with <laughs> <laughs> No promises. <laughs> no promises. SummerSlam 1993, which I'm sure we'll all be looking forward to watch. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, go, let's get the rest of the peace match as well on it. God. Oh, it has an all. So if, um, oh. if, if anybody has there any thoughts about the podcast, put it on our Facebook page. Just search for the Conquistadors on Facebook. Yes. And on Tumblr, because Cameron's writing loads of words on Tumblr now. I, I, uh, there's, about, <laughs> there's probably about one and a half to 2,000 words coming up. Probably, as I say, either tonight or tomorrow morning. We'll get an ebook out of this. Guaranteed. We will, yeah. We'll get an absolute yeah. ebook out of it. Well, that's um, going to be called Al's Casual Racism. Yep. <laughs> um, in the meantime, WWF also as well... 1996 to 1999, <laughs> Al's Guide to Casual Racism. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair with Vince, he's not far off, is he? Well, he's un-American, and he's... <laughs> not he's really Canadian, not. that counts as foreign pal. And he's indeed Japanese people and Mohammed Hassan. <laughs> no, he, he loves it. He loves he's not it. racist at all. Not at all. And we'll be back. We'll be back. Hopefully, if you're not, you know, forcibly removed from the air for the racism. No. <laughs> at some point. Hopefully. Oh, <sighs> Bye then. Bye. 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 <laughs> I like the high energy finish. That was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sort of we sort of blew the high spot up with the uh, racist Chinese food we, we, we just blew up with the side order of Tanahashi. I'm stuffed. I'm absolutely yeah. stuffed. Say I'm on the rebel number ninety-five. <laughs> damn test. Ladies and gentlemen. The Conquistadors have left the building.